Hello, my Trubies! So, if you are just tuning in, this is your first time ever tuning in. My name is True. I am a creative strategist, and I like helping develop communities. I like helping people engage. I like helping people identify themselves and, you know, their goals and the proper steps to get in there. So, basically, it's like a big-ass puzzle piece. You got your puzzle pieces all over the place and I'm here to help you put those puzzle pieces together to create your puzzle right and for those of you who've been rocking with me how y'all been rocking with me for the longest I appreciate you and thank you for tuning in we are on episode two of the relaunch of a Truby's God podcast you know guys we started off as a live Q&A meaning that you could submit questions so that's still a part of this we got some questions that were submitted for me to answer tonight and I'll get to those but first we got some things we're gonna dive into one of those things is my weekend, y'all. So most of you know, y'all know I'm still entrepreneur till I die. However, I did take on a position, teaching position at a high school, right? 10th through 12th graders. And, you know, I'm loving these young adults, but I'm also realizing how fucked up we are as people, like, to be honest. And we teaching our kids the same thing. And we got to be real about what we are allowing them to experience and how it's affecting them. Because it be stuff going on, y'all. It be real stuff going on in these high schools. But one of the experiences that I had over the weekend was I went to the girls' volleyball game. And when I say, first of all, they had me up, standing, screaming, and, like, I was at a football game. But what I noticed was that on that floor, them ladies was not engaging. And I was so shocked because, first of all, watching the game or watching your students play a game will teach you a lot about them. And so I'm watching them play, and I'm just like, they are not talking to each other. Like, why you ain't telling her, excuse, watch out, I got it, or I'm going for it. Like, why are you not talking to your teammates? Because y'all do nothing but talk inside of class, right? And then I realized, like, they're not engaging. They are in different grades. The schools are just teaching them the curriculum that is out there. And there's no space that is set aside for them to engage and connect as young women. Like, so in that space, it is reflected in the game. And so that game, that taught me a lot. And it made me want to come on here and talk about just the rules of life and so forth. And like, I went to my brother's football game one time and I had took these notes in my phone. So I'm gonna pull those up and we just gonna talk about it. And I have 22 rules of life, like football rules make life is what I said. And there's 22 rules and we're gonna break those down today. But first I want to say shout out to Space Mobile Lounge. Like, I wanted to shout y'all out because y'all are amazing. They called me up today. They got some stuff in store. And y'all just stay tuned because they have a lot of amazing products. Right now, you can book. They do have a mobile app available. So go to Space Mobile Lounge on Instagram and follow them. Check out their products. Check out the services that they provide. And yeah, so let's get into it, right? So first off, before I jump into it, I just want to say this. There's nothing wrong with having a screw loose as long as you know which one it is and what to do when it starts wobbling. I got that from Judge Lynn Tyler, uh, a book that she wrote, and that was something that stuck with me, and I wanted to share it with y'all because one of the things that those kids taught me 
not just about them, but about myself as well and about people in general, is that we all got things that we go through or some screw that's loose. We all got something that we consider a flaw or something that most people feel that may be wrong or whatever the case may be with us. And so the thing is, if you know what that thing is, then you know how to address it. If I know that I have a temper and that I can get angry quickly or that I respond or blow up really big to small things, then I know I don't need to be around certain things that trigger me. I know that if I feel myself getting angry, I need to remove myself. I know that I need to woosah and breathe a little bit before I step into certain spaces or when I'm in certain spaces. And so it's just about remembering that and applying it as needed, right? So again, everything is 80% mental and you just got to remember that. And that's what that volleyball game and watching that volleyball game also taught me is that everything is 80% mental. So... What, here we go, let's jump into it, right? Football rules. Number one, know when to lead and know when to listen. I think we oftentimes get so caught up in what we know that we forget to shut the fuck up and listen to what the people around us know. I was telling one of the students today, like, you can't, it, confidence, not ego. You know, you can't allow your ego to get in the way. During the game, at one point, you know, the ball was coming to her. She knew that she could hit the ball. I knew that she could hit the ball. The crowd knew that she could hit the ball. And she hit it like this because she was so caught up. And so I know I could hit this ball too. Her ego got in her way and it was no longer confidence. It was ego. So know when to lead and know when to listen. Know when it's time for you to step back and know when you need to follow. And I don't care if you the team captain, the man of the house or whatever else. Know when you need to fall in line and know when you need to tell everybody else to fall in line. Number two, if you don't practice, you don't play. If you don't play, you're taking away the chance to make it to the playoffs. So in other words, if you don't practice, I'm not putting you in the game. If you don't show up to any of your practices, the coach is not going to put you in the game. It's just, why would I do that? You don't know the plays. You don't know the strategy. You're not going to know what to do when you get out there. I don't care if you're the greatest player that we have. You didn't show up to practice. So now you cannot play in the game. And if you don't play in any of the games, then you're not going to play in the playoffs. You don't get that chance to get your ring. Why would I give you that opportunity? No, that goes out the window. So I keep telling my students, don't sell yourself short. Don't cheat yourself. The least you can do is show up for the practice. Put the practice in because proper preparation prevents poor performance every single time. And if you don't put yourself in the room, then you just lost the opportunity anyways, right? So number three, short memory, let shit go. So I remember it. It's funny like rereading this now because I I wrote this so long ago, but I remember that moment. Like my brother, when he plays football, he hold on to shit. If somebody make him mad on the field, he hold on to it the whole game. And it'd be like, yo, you too good for that. Let it go and move on so you can focus on what's in front of you and not what's behind you. And that same thing happened during the volleyball game. There was moments where so they did lose the game, but they played a good game and it taught so many lessons. And there was moments in a game where, you know, the you had players that was crying and upset and cussing each other out and it was like yo you let it go y'all already losing you might as well sit there and learn the lesson you might as well see how can we play better while we still in the game versus complaining about what we got wrong or what we not doing correctly so short memory let you go number four emotionless but don't accept 
bullshit. Meaning that I can have emotion to what you are doing, or I don't have to be emotional about every single thing that you're you're doing, but I'm also not going to let you bullshit me. I'm not going to let you piss on me and call it rain, you know? For example, in the game, the ref kept on the ball. I guess the ball, I don't really know the game of volleyball, but I guess the ball is not supposed to hit the net or something of that nature. The ball kept hitting the net and so did the ladies kept on touching the net, but they kept giving the team the points for it. And so the coach kept on, not only was he emotionless like to it, but he kept on accepting it. Like he accepted the bullshit behind it. And so what I'm saying when I say that is just, you don't accept anybody bullshit. You can challenge that play whether they still give it to the other team or not. Still challenge that play. Still advocate for yourself. Don't let people just tell you you know, this is what it is, and you don't do your own research. I know when I was renting my space for the clubhouse, I have this mentor, which is my landlord, just happened to be my landlord, and he would tell me, like, yo, you put too much money in it. And at first, I wasn't really trying to hear it, but he's like, you know, you play, like, $10,000 for these floors, but you could have called three different people and gotten different prices and went, you know, gotten a better price for it, especially for the material that they use. And so me being, like, ego, allowing that to get in the way, I'm like, what? I'm not trying to hear it. But in hindsight and looking back, at some point, I had to be realistic and say, nah, he right. I accepted bullshit from somebody, you know, I, instead of me advocating for myself and doing my own research and so forth. So just be mindful of those things. Number five, ask for help when it's needed. I think we all struggle with that. Like, at least I know I do. I think we all struggle that, with that in a space. And I think that comes from us suppressing, like, certain things, especially when you're a person who's been let down in a lot of spaces. Like, I recall moments where asking, you know, being in a space where I'm dependent on a person or expecting a person, I wouldn't even say dependent, like, more so expecting a person to be there or to, to follow through for me and them not doing it had put this thing in me to be like, I'm not going to ask anybody for shit. I'm going to just get it by myself. I'm going to do it by myself because I'm not going to fail me. I know that I'm going to show up for me. And I think we have to, we got to deal with that. We got to stop sweeping that under the rug and really deal with that emotion and what that has done to us and really like address and get to the core of that because it's nothing wrong with asking for help. Like literally was just talking about this shit. Like I literally, the first episode, I literally just paid to have all of these videos edited, audio edited, uploaded, all of that. And then I still went and edited myself a video and uploaded it. But it's, yo, don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be afraid to pass something along. Don't be afraid to delegate a, a task or something of that nature. We all need that. So that's whether you're talking about business or whatever the case may be. So moving on to the next one, right? Number six, it's more mental than physical. We opened up with that one. It's more mental mental than physical. It's 80% mental. Everything we do. We talked about strategy last week. Go check that podcast out if you missed it. It's up on all platforms. Some of them are still waiting, but you know, check it out. It's going to be up. By the time you hear this, it'll be up on all platforms, right? So it's more mental than physical. 80% mental. And what you have to remember is you have to actually feed your mental. When I talked about mind, body, and soul, it's what you put in your body. It's what you're watching. It's what you're here. Making sure that even if you're not reading a whole book, read a sentence a day, read a paragraph a day, just apply something because like I said, it's more mental than physical. If you're not feeding your brain, then your brain is not going to feed you. You're not going to get any outcome. 
time. Like, you have to make sure you're putting in time to feed yourself and feed yourself the right things. And not just, like I said, what you put in your body, but what you put in your mind as well. So that way, that 80% you are performing at. I talked before about performing 40%, performing at my 40% or my 60% self versus performing at my 100% self. Like I said, 60% me is a cold motherfucker, but 100% me is a whole different version. If I can accomplish the things that I've accomplished at 60% version of Alicia, I can just, I just know get the hell out of 100% Alicia way. Like, move, right? So, the next one, right? It's not over until it's over. It's, you know that point in a game where you know you losing? Like, damn, I know I lost. I know we not about to come back. Or even people who not in the game and who's just watching the game, like, I know we not about to come back. I know this game over. It's not over till it's over. You don't know what lessons you are about to learn. You don't know what play is gonna go down. You don't know what tool you about to put inside of your tool bag. So, don't give up on your yourself until it's over. It's not over until you don't have a breath left into your body. As long as you are breathing, then you can move. You better know it's 80% mental. And half of the time, you don't even have to apply the 80% to accomplish the things that you want to accomplish. So keep that in mind. It's not over until it's over. Number eight, emotions interferes with focus. Emotions are deadly. And I'm not saying be emotionless and don't have emotions or any of those things. I'm saying don't accept bullshit. That's what I'm saying. You don't have to be emotionless. It's a matter of knowing how to deal with those emotions. If I'm angry, how am I dealing with my anger? Am I walking away or am I punching walls? You know, if I am sad, how am I dealing with my sadness? Am I shopping and spending away all of my savings? Or am, I don't know, going to go get my nails done with that, 30% that I saved to go and use for whatever it is that I want to use it for. So you just got to be mindful about your emotions and what's coming out and when it's coming out and how you deal with it and what tools you have. And another thing is I know a lot of people, because even for myself, is I don't know how to deal with that or this is what I'm used to or this is what I've always experienced or this is what I know. And at that point, once you acknowledge that's all you know, it's your job and your responsibility to go out and do something different. Find the tools that you need to solve your issue, right? Number nine. Mm, that one don't, I mean, this matters. Okay, it says website for scouts, right? So what that really meant for me was to promote yourself. We do a lot of dope shit, like, whether it's a student playing a volleyball game, a football player, whether it's the producer behind the mic and behind the audio doing the editing, whether it's the vocal or the talent that's behind the mic, whatever it is, you know, you should be promoting it. You should be putting it out there in front of the world. People should be able to at least get on Google and Google your name or your brand and be able to find information about who you are and what it is that you're doing. It's Especially like y'all college football players, okay? We already know everybody's not gonna make it to the NFL. And that's just what it is. Everybody's not gonna make it to the NFL. But you have a talent, you have a skill set. You're not out there for no reason. While you are paying those colleges and they're getting paid off of you paying, playing a sport, you should also be getting some gain out of that as well. And one of the things you can do is create you a website, put you some information about yourself on there, put, you know, some information or some videos on there, some blogs, and it's a whole bunch of other things that you can do like products and drop shipping and all of those other things but none the least people scouts people 
that have dollars or information or opportunities are out there looking for you and you need to be available when they are looking for you. When they come, you need to be ready. Proper preparation prevents poor performance. Number 10, even during the game, warm up to keep momentum. So basically when a ball is going, don't stop. When the ball is going, don't stop. You got to keep going. Yes, take breaks. But when I say take breaks, don't run yourself into the mud trying to reach your goals. Like, still take care of your body. Still take care of your mind. Still relax, breathe, get your sleep, all of those things. But keep momentum. Don't rest for too long. You, you always got to keep momentum. Keep the ball rolling. And I guess the thing is, people always ask, so like, how do I do that? By using your tools. Everything that I'm saying really just align with each other. Use your tools. When usually what reasons we need to take a break is we're our emotions. And so how do we deal with our emotions? We get a tool that applies, that helps us work through that thing. And we apply that thing so that we work through it. Number 11, it's okay to readjust. It's okay to readjust. Everybody fuck up. Players fuck up, right? So it's okay to readjust. It's okay to say, this no longer works for me. This is no longer serving the purpose that I needed to serve. I need to adjust. It's this thing that's called a like, pause, pivot, push. And there's times where we are dealing with something or we experience something and we really have to make the decision. Are we going to pause in this moment and reanalyze or readjust? Or are we going to push through with what we've been doing and say, no, this shit just is going to work? Or are we going to... I always do that, pause, pivot, or are we going to pivot and do something different than what we've been doing? So pause, pivot, push. There's nothing wrong with readjusting. Number 12, know when to adjust and how and when to call the shots. Basically, what I said before in the beginning, know when to readjust, know when to call the shots. Know when it's time to readjust. Know when it's time to make the de decision to pause, pivot, or push. Don't hold... So, for example, Clubhouse Essentials. So, the community center. We, what were we? A year and a half. We were approaching two years with having the community center. This is something everybody know. I put my savings inside of this. Like, I put blood, sweat, and tears into opening those doors. My goal it was to assist and still is to assist 500 individuals with meeting their goals and starting a business, a successful business that they can profit from. And so to let that go or to even have to decide or to reconsider or to close those doors was, it took me forever to get to that moment to say, you know what, this is what we gonna do. And it should not take you forever to get to that moment. One of my mentors say, if you ain't making money within six months of what you're doing or if you ain't meeting your purpose or meeting your goals or have met a goal, or a milestone within six months of doing that thing, you need to readjust. And so the thing is knowing when is it time to readjust for me, right? 13, communication can make or break a play. Ah, so yes, this was the thing I was screaming on the court. Like I was screaming this on the court because I'm like, why y'all not talking to each other? Y'all talk in class all day. Why are y'all not talking to each other? And this happens in business. This happens in relationships. This happens in games. Like, 
if you don't talk to the person you trying to get to the bag with, if I need you to vacuum my floor, but you've never vacuumed the floor, I have to give you directions on how to do so. If you vacuum the floor a million times, but you've never vacuumed this floor, and there may be something that you need to learn or do differently than you've done before, then I need to communicate that. If I just need to greet you so that we can have good vibes today, I need to communicate that. You cannot be afraid to talk to your players on the team. Communication, if we got to play, if our plan is to make 100K a month and we have not communicated the strategy that we are using and the roles and responsibilities of each player, consider the play over. It's a team, it's a team sport. Like, you need every player. If there's no big eyes and little U's, if every player don't do what they need to do, we lose the game. So you have to remember to communicate. Number 14, play through the pain. I talked about losing earlier, right? And sometimes it's not about the win. Yes, we've practiced. Yes, we want the win. No, we're not doing this shit to not profit or not win the game or any of those things. But at the end of the day, the lesson is so much more important. So bask in those moments because what I'm learning at each level, when you get to the next level, you really don't go back unless you didn't learn the lesson. And you don't want to continue to repeat the same lessons every time. So make sure that you just play through the pain, keep on going, and remember that, all right, it's a lesson it is. It's something that I'm going to be able to take from this, put in my tool bag, and apply later. Number 15, don't underestimate your opponent. Don't underestimate your opponent. So in my book, I talk about A True Beast Guy Part 2, which is also available on Amazon.com. It's also on Kindle, all platforms, right? And so one of the things that I talk about in A True Beast Guy Part 2 is researching your competition. And as I hear people always talk about how I'm my only competition. I don't have to worry about what anybody else is doing. And to a certain extent, that is very much true. But then there are a lot of spaces where you need to know what the market look like. Is it a hot or cold market? Are we looking at somebody who, do you know the market or do you not know the market? Do you know the price of the market? How much are people paying for this? Is the quality or the demand, how, what is the quality of this product you're serving? What is the quality of the vendor you're getting it from? Or it would, depending on what you're doing is where these things would apply. But at the end of the day, the whole thing is for you to not underestimate your opponent. And the way that you do that is by researching how are they moving? What are they doing? How can you do it differently or better? What attracts, if y'all have the same target audience, what attracts your audience to them? So that way you can see what compares and what does not compare. And then what makes you stand out? What is your unique selling proposition? Meaning, what is that thing that you do differently than every other person out there, right? Number 16, black out the sidelines. So oftentimes, and I always talk about quiet, I talk about this in the book as well, quiet and the noise and silence and the noise. And it's really just that same way in the game, you got all of the people yelling from the stands, telling you how to play, what to do, where to move, what to do, how to throw the ball, how to hit the ball, all of those things. 
when you end the game, you just have to enjoy it and play it. So you have to block out the sidelines because it's only you that can move. When the ball comes in, it's only you that can hit it. It's only you that can catch it. It's only you that can throw it. When you are the CEO or the owner of that brand or that business and something is coming your way, whether it is good, bad, or ugly, only you, only you can deal with it, right? So you have to block out the sidelines and not really worry about what other people are talking about or saying. Number 17, recognize your flaws so you can tighten them up. And that's kind of what I opened up with saying, know which screw is loose so that you know how to fix it. And that's just simply that same exact thing. If you know what it is, then you can go ahead and fix it. If you know what your flaws are, you can fix that thing, right? Number 18, Make your disadvantage your advantage. And that's kind of like the same thing. If I know what my flaw, if, if I know what I'm weak at, right, then I can go and find somebody to be strong in that area. So now I'm building my team to execute my play and reach my goal. So for example, I had someone call me right before I actually came in to record today. And one of the things she said was like, I'm not good at speaking or promoting my brand, but you speak well, so can you promote my brand? So she knew what her disadvantage was. I got this great-ass brand. I know what to do with it. I can put it in the work. I can run it. I can run a play however it needs to be ran, but I can't get it out to people vocally. But you can, so let's make this work. So that's exactly what you have to do. Make your disadvantage your advantage in every situation, right? Number 19, you're only as good as your weakest link. So this, the ladies after the game, I had two of them in the class today and they're like, you know, Missy, can you, and that's what they call me, like, Missy, can you come to our practices? And, you know, like, just coaches, just talk to us. What do you think we could do better? And so I was explaining to her at the end of the day, it's all mental, but it's a team sport. And if you don't recognize and get your whole team together and get your whole team to recognize, you know, the strategy and the goal, then y'all gonna fail because you're only as strong as your weakest link. And so she made a comment and she said something like, you know, I think we're the vets, like we good, it's the rest of the team. And so like I told her, that's your ego speaking and that's not confidence. That's not you realizing that I need my whole team to win the game because it can't just be me and her to win the game by ourselves. So you're only as strong as your weakest link and you have to remember that. So that means it's your job if you're gonna allow that person to be on your team, iron sharpens iron. It's your job to make sure you sharpen their iron if you see they're weak in the situation. So one of the things that I like to tell people to do is a SWOT analysis. And with that is examining your strengths, your weaknesses, your opportunities, and your threats. You should do this for not just yourself, but for your business as well, or whatever your situation is. I keep being diverse because I know that it's a lot of different types of people that listen to me. So whether this is in your work field, whether you're that entrepreneur, whether you're that high school student, the same thing applies. It does not really matter. Number 20, <laughs> keep your confidence. I keep laughing because I wrote these notes so long ago, but everything that I have written in here is what I've been preaching 
all week because this is these are principles that I feel people should really live by because I don't think people just think about these simple things and apply it. I think if you apply these things, then meeting a goal or strategizing or, you know, doing whatever the fuck you really want to do isn't that difficult if you know these things. It's all 80% mental. So keeping your confidence is really just remembering, like, even when shit sucks, like, I'm smiling and I'm keeping my head held high. I'm betting the bank on me every single time. When you... Get, so there was one point in the game where the other team was winning and when they went out onto break and they came back with that, they didn't, like they didn't, when they broke and they said their names and stuff, they didn't. It sounded, I don't know, like you could hear a pin drop for real. Like they just wasn't excited about it. And it's like, nah, chat your name, scream your name, say your affirmations, shout your goals, pat yourself on the back every step of the way. Why? Cause you fucking deserve to first and foremost. And secondly, because you're going to keep your confidence. that You need that. That's one of your tools. You need your confidence to win the game. The moment you let that go, you just let go of one of the biggest tools you need to win your game. And so what's the point of doing it if you ain't going to do it for real, right? Keep your confidence. Number 21, it's built in you. So... I know y'all hear that all the time, that it's in me, not on me. And it's really just that. It's built in you. That confidence is in you already. You got to find it. You get what I'm saying? The ability to lead, it's in you already. You got to unleash it. The ability to shut up, shut your mouth and listen and learn and engage and to implement is in you already. You just have to do it. You have to put one foot in front of the other. The moment you do so, you are one step closer to your goal. Everything I've accomplished, I've written down on a piece of paper first. There's one point in uh, Truby's Guide Part 2 where I have the call to actions written out where it's simply, okay, I wrote a goal. I know the steps I need to take. I'm putting a date on there, simply my milestones. And I'm crossing this shit off as I accomplish each one of them. I don't got to do it in any specific order. I know that I can accomplish this thing. Why? Because it's already built in me, right? And we've arrived to number 22, right? 22. Place your passion in the game. Oftentimes, we mix our emotions up with passion. Half of the time, we're not even emotional about what the fuck is happening to us or what we are experiencing. We are passionate about it. We are passionate about the outcome that we wish to obtain. So we become frustrated, antsy, anxious, and everything else. And we got to take a moment, got to take a moment, bundle up all of them feelings and emotions and stop washing the machine in them and all that passion, and we got to put it in the game. We got to take all of that passion, and we have to put it into the play. We got to take all of them emotions and that anxiety and everything else we feeling, and we got to use that energy, and we have to transcend it and put it into the play. It makes all the difference in the win. Take that passion and put it into the play. So that's number 22, y'all. That's number 22, the game of football creates the world of life. And truthfully, I don't even think it's just football. I think it's all games. Like, playing a sport, because even I played tennis in high school. So even when I think about tennis, when I think about that volleyball game I watched, when I think about football, when I think about basketball, when I think about a business, because that's the game, the biggest game we can play ever, is building our legacy and having our own. 
And having something that's going to bring income into our house that we can put into a trust fund, that we can tell it what to do even when we're done breathing, that's the biggest game. So taking that passion, taking these rules, using that 80%, and really you only need 25% of that to win the game or to play the game, taking that and putting it into there. So I'm gonna jump into y'all of questions. Again, I wanna shout out the Mobile Space Lounge. Make sure y'all follow them on Instagram. Proud supporters, thank y'all. Thank y'all to everybody who's been tuning in and listening. I hope y'all are applying the information and don't forget that y'all can submit questions. Make sure you're following me on Instagram at underscore true.lee and make sure that you are submitting questions. Weekly, I am accepting questions and you don't know. You just might get your question aired here on the podcast that's streaming everywhere. A Truvy's Guide podcast, right? So got four questions we're going to answer and then we're going to get up out of here, Trubies. All right. So number one. What do most people misunderstand about the efficient way to market and sell your brand? That they got to open their mouth, the communication portion. Most people forget that they have to open their mouth and the fact that the product is what's most important. The consumer is the most important because they're the person that has to receive it, but they give a fuck about the product. So ultimately, the quality of the product or the service is most important. So for example, I went to an event and I noticed I love the decor. The decor was amazing. The product, like, it smells amazing. It looks amazing. Like, all of those things. However, the packaging of it... <laughs> Okay, so the packaging of it, it was from Amazon. Like, I knew it when I recognized it. Like, I had the bottles at home. So it was like, you put all of this money you put into the decor and pleasing the people who was coming into here because the experience is definitely important as well. However, some of that money could have went into that packaging. Your product is most important. So taking the time to make your packaging look like the packaging that you will see in the store. If I'm buying a product from you, let's say it's a supplement, for example. If I'm buying a supplement from you and all it has is your logo on there, but it's not telling me what's in it, the ingredients, how much of it, where it came from, I don't know that I want to put that in my body. What is the credibility like for this product? I don't know that. So I think people fail to realize, like, I need to put a little bit more time and effort into the look and the experience of my product. And then I also need to open my mouth and tell people about it a little bit more. And of course, take care of your customers. So those are three things that I would say about the most efficient way to market and sell your brand. And people people often, when they hear market and sell my brand, you ask, it's a, you instantly start to think about things like, okay, how am I distributing it? You instantly start to think about distribution. But you have to remember, before I put it on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, or take it and put it into Walmart or Target or any of that, the quality of it needs to be there. So you have to examine which level you're at and remember like, that is just as important or even more important than the website. Because once you ship that package or ship that product, what is the quality like? Number two, what is the first thing one must understand about self-motivation? I would really say that you got to get out of your own way 
if you want to accomplish anything. Like, you're not going to always be motivated. And that's the real thing. Like, you're not always going to be motivated at all. So you have you have to make sure that if I'm not motivated every day, then I at least got a routine that I can follow and stay consistent with so then I can at least still meet my goal. Because I might not want to get out of bed today and make it to work at 7.30. But I have a goal that I'm trying to accomplish. So this is a part of the routine. So I'm just going to follow the routine so that I can actually meet my goal because I'm not motivated today. And so that's the first thing. Remember that get out your own way because you are the only person that can accomplish what it is that you're trying to accomplish and that you're not going to always be motivated. So at least have a routine in place. What does an efficient morning routine look like? Okay. So I was just talking about how I've only been on time to work two times since I started. That's not bragging. That's me reminding myself and reminding y'all how important it is to have a routine. And here's what the efficient one that I have not been following actually looks like. I get up first because I like to take care of myself in the morning. So if you're a morning person or whatever time you get up to the day, you have to remember it's self, family, then community. So I like to get up first. And so when I get up, I do whatever I like to do. I find something to read. So right now I've been reading the Proverbs because it's about wisdom. So I find something to read, whether it's a paragraph, a sentence, any of those things. After I've read those things, I sit on the toilet for a little bit. I'm scrolling. I'm usually posting a video between 6 a.m. and 8 a.m. I like to post it on Instagram at that time. That's just like a sweet spot for me, posting a reel or something of that nature. Then I'm going to shower. I'm going to get, I'll go out there, brush my teeth, wash my face, all of those things. And then I'm going to tap some tea. And then I'm going to wake the kids up, right? Then I want to wake the kids up. But clothes was already out. Clothes was washed already previously, already out, all of those things. So now when the kids get up, all they have to do is put on their clothes, grab their lunch that was already pre-packed for them, grab their breakfast that was already made for them because I got up early, and then we're on our way and out the door. So simply just saying, I'm pre-planning my meals. So juicing, like I just bought a new juicer. So in these little containers, I got them off of Amazon. You can actually check out my Amazon store. So when you do that, you have to type in smile.amazon. That's S-M-I-L-E dot Amazon dot com. And then they're going to ask you what charity you want to support. You want to make sure you put in Feed the Soul. It says the one that says Cleveland, Ohio. That's F-E-E-D-T-H-E-S-O-U-L, Feed the Soul. And anytime you purchase, like you can purchase anything from Amazon. Anytime you purchase, we do get a percentage to our charity. So just make sure that, you know, tap in a little bit. Shameless look right there. So that's where I got the bottles from was the clear bottles from Amazon for the smoothies. If I have those smoothies in the morning or those juices in the morning, then breakfast is a little bit more simpler for me. If I do those things at the beginning of the week, and usually I just do Monday to Wednesday, and then Wednesday I'll do Thursdays and Friday, and then a weekend is kind of like a free-for-all inside of our house. So if you do those things, whatever your routine is, think about the things that are essential to you is the moral of the story. So like feeding yourself. Having something to drink, 
making sure you wash your ass. If you got kids, making sure that your kids have everything that they need and have it prepared for them. Making sure that you have a time prepared for homework or checking, making sure homework was done in the morning, all of those things. What are the things that are essential for you to get through your day? Apply those things. Set a time limit for those things. In the beginning, I used to actually set an alarm clock on my phone, and then that's what I would use. So just make sure you set a time limit to accomplish those things, and then you'll be able to get there. Now, do I do that right now? No, because that's why I'm always late. But if I follow it, then I end up being on time. So what's efficient? Think about what you need to do and get it done, right? Number four, last question, and then we out of here. How do you juggle being a full-time parent and keeping up with your goals and dreams? I don't fucking know. Like, I just do it. I get up in the morning. Some mornings I'm not motivated. And I really just go. First thing I do is always talk to myself in the morning. I'll look in the mirror. I probably should have said that in my routine portion, but I look in the mirror and I say however I feel. So if I need a boost of confidence, girl, you look good today. Whatever it may be, you get what I'm saying? You gonna kill today. Fuck what happened yesterday. Whatever I need to say to myself. Money comes to me easily, abundantly, in unexpected ways. I always speak to myself first, but honestly, I don't know where the balance come from like I'm literally figuring this shit out every day every step of the way every second of the day and I take life how it comes to me because I understand that and my mom told me this all the time I truly understand that life is going to throw me curveballs life is going to throw me obstacles and I can only change what I can change and I can only pray about what I cannot change right I know that me praying to God and to the universe is not going to solve all of my issues like that are here in the physical realm with me. You get what I'm saying? Yes, it's going to lead me to that. Yes, it's pre-written. Yes, he's going to give me all of the tools that, that I need to do so. But I got to get up off my ass and do something. So I get that. I can't, I don't have the luxury of laying in a bed and just being depressed. I don't have the luxury of laying in a bed and just being anxious. Like, I have social anxiety like a fuck, but I don't have the luxury of not networking. You know, I don't always care for people or to be around people, not because I don't like y'all, but I'm an empath. So when y'all going through shit, I take that shit on. And that don't always feel good to me. So I like being by myself a lot of the time. But I don't have the luxury to just stay in a house and be by myself because I still live in a fucking townhouse. So I don't have that luxury. So when you ask about balance and work-life balance, I don't really... I desire to have the balance that it appears that I have. What I have is this desire to have balance. I have desire to live on a farm. I have desire to grow my own food. I have the desire to educate my own children. I have the desire to continue to educate other people. I have the desire to continue to get up and learn whatever I want to learn every single day. I have the desire to have whatever the fuck I want to get on a plane whenever I want to. I have the desire to educate students and to talk like I like fucking talking I have the desire to get paid for doing nothing but talking why because 
I like to. I don't even know if I hear myself when I talk because I don't know. It's just, this shit just comes so natural to me. It always have and it probably always will. I just like doing it. So when you ask about work-life balance, I have a desire, I have goals, and I know it takes a strategy and for me to get up off my ass and to make moves to meet that goal. So that's what I do. That's what I welcome you all to do, um, to follow me along this journey, to take your own journey. Welcome to a Truby's Guide podcast. And it's a wrap.